when I was 18 years old and I was getting my first management position, they wanted me to write an essay on what I would do to build sales and help the store get to where it needed to go to the next level. An essay. I had to write an essay, guys. I don't know what the rest of you have gone through to get your job as a fast food manager, but if you're listening to this podcast, I assume that one, you got a job as a fast food manager. Two, it was very difficult for you to get there. You went through a lot of hurdles. And now, three, you got there and you are like, whoa, dude, what do I do now? Because I was there, folks, just like you. And it's going on 20 years ago uh, that I was first there with like a deer in the headlights trying to run my first shift. And boy, did I make a lot of mistakes. I was at Taco Bell. We ran out of meat three different times during the, my first shift. I cannot tell you how many mistakes I made just in that one shift. I cannot tell you how many employees I must have alienated with my attitude problem. I was not ready for management, and I clearly didn't know what I was doing. But you don't have to let that be you, because if you're listening to this podcast, I know that you've taken the first step toward wanting to become a better manager. And I am uh, this uh, show is going to air weekly here on your favorite network, and you are going to learn... A lot of the same secrets and techniques that I learned about leadership in general and fast food management in particular. I'm Corey Tahalski. Thank you for joining Fast Food Management Secrets Podcast, uh, the first uh, podcast for the busy fast food manager who wants to get a lot better at his job. Today on the show, I am going to tell you about the one book you need to read. I thought it was such an appropriate move for the first episode. If you don't do anything else to make yourself a better manager, reading Ken Blanchard's The One Minute Manager is the thing that's going to do it for you. substitute for actually reading the book the one minute manager believe me you need to read it go to the library get it i will have a link in the show notes uh, for you to pick up a copy of the book and i highly highly recommend that however you get your hands on it do it but if you're loving this content that i'm putting out Please use the link in the show notes because that is going to be my affiliate link and it will help you it will help support this show by making that purchase. That's my plug. Now, let's move on. So, what is the 1 minute manager? Well, the book is 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 great and it essentially is a uh, constructed as like a modern day parable. The story goes that there's a guy who wants to be uh, or who wants to meet all of his productivity goals for the quarter 
And in order to do that, he sets out to find the best manager in the entire factory system that he works in. I think it was a factory. I don't... I think they were kind of nebulous about what sort of business it was, but it felt like it was like a factory to me. I don't know. Anyway, he set out to find the, the best manager in the entire uh, um, system, and when he did, he tried to make a, an appointment with the manager, figuring it's going to take, like, months or whatever, and the manager, they call him the one-minute manager, uh, says, well, you know, anytime you want to meet, fine, just not Monday. Crazy, right? Because... We've all been, we're all, you know, if you've spent any time in this business as a manager, you know, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, your time is really valuable. Nobody can just say, ah, any time doesn't matter. But this guy supposedly had his management style so down and so, you know, like such a science that he could literally meet any time the other party wanted to meet. Anytime. Didn't matter. So the, uh, the narrator gives his, you know, sets up the appointment and when they finally meet the one minute manager tells him he has three secrets to being a good one minute manager and sends the other uh or it sends the uh, narrator to three different subordinates and each of those subordinates explains one of those three aforementioned secrets in this podcast i am going to mention i'm going to talk about all the uh, uh, secrets and so you think, well, yeah, yeah, I don't have to get the book now. No, you should. There's a uh, lot of more detail in the book, even though it's a very short book. And it's still a wealth of information, and you still benefit much from getting your hands on this book and reading it in its entirety. But I will discuss all three one-minute secrets in this podcast. So you can go out there and you start applying that knowledge. And if you and if it's working for you and you want to go into more depth, then yeah, I would definitely recommend picking up this book. The first secret of the one-minute manager was one-minute goal setting. The narrator is told that the one-minute manager has all of his subordinates write out goals on a piece of paper. And essentially summarize what it is they're going to do for that week. The paper was kept to 250 words. Why? Because the average person can read 250 words in one minute. The one-minute manager wanted people to be able to be uh, to be able to read reread that paper anytime they wanted to and only spend about one minute to do so to get back on track. And it would take less than a minute to do so. All you have to do is whip out the piece of paper, read it, done. One minute or less. Fast food is fast-paced. And it's just not a feasible thing for us to be able to uh, spend every shift or every week even writing out goals with people. It just doesn't work that way. Now, the best way I found in fast food to kind of modify this was what uh, the old uh, system that Wendy's used to use called TTM, which stood for Talk to Me. It was a management tool. Well, it was never clearly explained. They just sort of expected you to know how to do it. Uh, Really was coming down to just talking to your employees and letting them know what was on deck today and how things were going to proceed. And there was three phases of it, obviously talking people into position, talking people through position, like a good coach, and then talking them out of position, 
when they were going to move on to the next task or when they were done for the day. And that was sort of recap the performance and tell everybody, you know, well, this is what happened this time. Maybe next time let's try this or, you know, something that didn't go right or could have gone better. Wendy's was, it was never uh, something that didn't go right or it was never wrong. It was always something that could have been better or it was always an opportunity. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I keep going back to Wendy's. That was just the place I've worked the longest, but uh, I digress. Back to one-minute goal setting. Wendy's phrase, uh, phase, that was the talking someone into position. Now, the, the way Wendy's was to kind of gravitate towards the huddles and talking together as a team, but I guess I'm old school in that respect, and I still like talking to everybody individually. And setting their expectations on an individual basis. And as a side note, in uh, the John Maxwell Leadership Podcast, uh, recently they uh, went back over the five levels of leadership. Now, if you can go back and find that show, I would would definitely do that. That is a very good uh, primer on how leadership can actually work and how it can impact the workplace. And so... The first level of leadership is is the title, just having the title. And people will respect the title, but they're not going to respect you, and they're not going to do a lot of work for you. Now, you at least have to get to level two as a leader in order for people to do more for you, to help you out better. To uh, th- This isn't just the people who are staying there because they have to be there. They're actually there because they want to be there, because they want to work with you and they want to work for you as a leader and that second level is the relational level and i think doing a huddle like wendy's has pushed towards now is really kind of missing that at least to me and maybe other people have had a different experience but to me i think it's missing that relational aspect of being a leader uh being able to relate to people on that one-to-one basis and that's really the best way to kind of create that trust between the employee and the employer is to have that relational aspect to it i think that that's really what you can accomplish by talking to each employee right before every shift we're not going to write it down we've already established that it takes way too long in fast food But what we can do is we can talk to them about it. We can uh, meet with them prior to a shift. And that will help, uh, uh, that will uh, set the stage for how things are going to come. And that will give them goals. So the first big step with one minute goal setting is to agree on your goals. Make it a collaborative process. Don't you know involve the employee. Ask them, you know, ask them what do you think you need to be working on? What do you think this is going to look like today? And so step 2, it needs to be behaviorally oriented. So you can't have somebody just like, "I'll oh, be better today." Well, what does that look like? <laughs> what do you know be better at what you know again sorry to keep bringing up wendy's but this was they they had a lot of really a lot of really good example my example stories do come from wendy's uh they would always ask you to set a specific goal for each one of your employees and they could be as sorry to put it as stupid 
or as petty as, I'll wrap each sandwich with care so that it doesn't get crushed. Okay. That's step two in a nutshell. And that might sound petty, it might sound ridiculous, and maybe, and, and maybe it is. But it does set the stage. It does tell you specifically what good behavior is going to look like. Reinforcing the goal during the course of the shift, this is where your memory or maybe a good notepad that you can look back at is going to come into play. You need to review these with the people. Like You really need to talk with them during the course of your shift to reinforce each of these goals. How to set good goals is almost a completely different podcast in and of, uh, in and of itself. But I'm going to keep it, uh, I will keep it short and simple here so that you can work with your employees to set better goals. The acronym that a lot of people use, and you'll hear this over and over again, uh, when you talk about goal setting and, and uh, this uh, gets really pushed around in time management class or time management seminars and classes where they're really going to start talking about goal setting. And that's SMART, S-M-A-R-T, SMART Goals. And that stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic, and Time-Bound. Specific Goals. I already talked about this. We get as, you know, it could be as specific as I just want to wrap each sandwich with care so that I don't crush any of the customer's food. That's specific. It's not very measurable. I mean, I guess it is if you don't have any crushed sandwiches or if no one calls back uh, during the course of the shift or returns one up front that's crushed or flat as a pancake. So it might be measurable, but it should be a measurable goal. Like, there should be a metric, some kind of metric that tracks the goal. And there's a way to see if you actually obtain the goal. Which brings us to the A, attainable. The goal needs to be something that could be reached that day. Now, if you're talking about an overall shift goal like speed of service and you have been running a three minute and 30 or a four minute and 50 second, you know, average service times, maybe less than a minute for all the food is not an attainable goal for you. But let's say you're up there in the four in the four minute and 50 second range, you know, maybe going to three minutes is an attainable goal for you. That's where you have to look at your employees. You have to look at who's under you. You have to look at the kinds of people and what they're capable of doing. And that's how you figure out if the goal is realistic. You have to, uh, the goal should be challenging, but it should also be realistic. Be honest with your capabilities and what you can and cannot do. You cannot, in this case, you can't forget what you're going to have to overcome. So, you know, look at those weak links in the groups and, you know, what you have to, what you may have to overcome to do this. And then finally, time bound. There needs to be a deadline. You know, this goal expires at some point. Now, in fast food, that could be the end of the shift. And usually it is the end of the shift. Uh, it might be something that's a little bit, you know, longer overall, like getting the store cleaned up for a big inspection. Maybe you have a week to do that. 
but there needs to be some kind of time, you know, time uh, bound, or there needs to be some kind of t uh, deadline for this goal. It has to be, uh, there has to be a point where this expires and you're like, yeah, okay, we didn't get it, or yeah, we did get it, you know. Hopefully it's did get it, but, you know, it just can't be, someday we'll do this. Someday. Don't fall into that trap. Someday never comes. Alright, so the overall goal of one minute goal setting. The end game here is that we want to be able to agree on something that we can do to further the company, to further the shift, further, you know, to better serve all of our customers. I have heard it said before that very often any overlap between a manager's opinion of what an employee's job is and that same employee's opinion of what his or her job is is often entirely coincidental. One minute goal setting seeks to eliminate that. It seeks to give the person, uh, to give the employee something to reach for and it, give, it puts the manager and the employee on the same page, which is why step one is important. You have to agree on it. So that is your one-minute goal setting. Let's go on to the next one-minute management secret. The second secret of the one-minute manager is one-minute praisings. When things go the way they're supposed to go, when an employee does what he is supposed to do or what she is supposed to do, that's when you give them praising. You let them know that what they did was good and what they did was great. Now, you may have noticed that the first step or that the goals for the one-minute goal setting had to be behaviorally oriented. That is one of the key factors all the way through every one-minute secret in the one-minute manager. You really want to focus on the behavior, not the person. What's the number one complaint about your job as a fast food worker? That's that you never hear about when you do something right, isn't it? That was mine. When I was back in the uh, in, back in my 17, 18 year old uh, days when uh, I was just a crew member, I almost never heard when I did something right. And I'll tell you what, I never heard it when I was a manager either. You want to set yourself apart as a manager? Promise, give praisings. Employees eat it up. They have no idea what's coming. Which brings me to the first key to a one-minute praising. Tell them up front what you are going to do. That's not actually a step in the praising. When you're going to praise somebody, that's not the first thing you do. Hey, I'm about to give you a praise. No, 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 no. They should always know that they're going to know where they stand with you because it's very disconcerting for a lot of people. And as I've already said, and as you probably know from working in the actual fast food industry, that if... You know, Praisings are just not things that happen. The boss, or so let the employees know right up front exactly what's going to be happening here. And so when someone does something right, and when something goes very well for you because of something that someone did, that's when we get into the one minute praising. And you should do it immediately, as soon as it happens. You should be telling them 
exactly what they did right. Remember how I said this, this is all behaviorally oriented. You need to be very specific about, about what they did right. Tell them exactly what was right about what they did. Tell them how good you feel about what they did. Make sure they know how it helps the rest of the team because that is something. That's another thing you'll see not just in one minute management. If you uh, a manager, if you read that book, but if you read most any other book on management and and leadership development, you're going to be seeing that theme a lot. Is that if you tell people how what they did fits into the rest of the organization, or how what they do fits into the entire organization as a whole, it actually keeps people more connected to your organization and it keeps them happier. They're happier employees because they know how their little job that they don't care about, that they think is stupid, that they think is ridiculous, or that they are, you know, in the case of fast food, let's face it, most people are in it and are in it to make a few bucks and get the heck out of it as fast as they possibly can. If you keep on them uh, and tell them how their or how their um, how their little meaning uh, how their little meaningless to them job is actually very meaningful for the entire organization as a whole, they are going to be a lot happier, and it might help with your retention. So, not only to tell them how good it makes you feel, but also let them know how that helped the rest of the team. And then you have to stop for a moment of silence. Let them feel. I used to think this new agey management crap, for lack of a better word, didn't work. But the more I've used it, the more I found out there's a reason why it's so popular. It really does work. So give them a moment to let it sink in. And then to close out, you should encourage them to do more of the same. Now, I'm going to mention it here. And I'll mention it in the next uh, in the next segment when we talk about the third one-minute management secret. One of the things the one-minute manager talked about a lot was touching. Being, it was touching people. And that's a really taboo. I mean, the book was written in the early 80s. I think it was 1982 it came out. It's very different in 2021. And it's been heading that way for a very long time. I am old enough to remember uh, in 1992, I think it was 92, 93, when Clarence Thomas, and I may even have been earlier than that, I might be misremembering, uh, when Clarence Thomas uh, was being confirmed for the uh, Supreme Court seat that he currently occupies. And there was a huge, uh, there was a testimony from a, a young woman uh, named Anita Hill. And Anita Hill, uh, what's her proper, Professor Hill, she had worked with Thomas for many, many years, and she was sexually harassed by him. He would try to repeatedly ask her out on dates. Uh, she didn't feel comfortable with that idea, dating her boss or any other superior. And so uh, that really changed the landscape. That... Um, that trial, or that, it wasn't a trial, that Senate hearing really changed the way a lot of business was conducted. And restaurants were historically and still in, when I joined them in the uh, mid-90s, was still a, uh, um, a hotbed for sexual harassment and other sorts of very inappropriate behavior. And so and that's been curbed quite a bit, uh, which is for the better. And so they talk a lot in the one minute manager, which 
and as I said, was, you know, 10 years before even that happened, and now almost 30, 30 years, uh, oh, goodness, 40 years, I'm old, uh, out from where this was going. So touching is not a good idea. Touching, give them a reassuring pat or a shoulder, you know, yeah, that's not good. And I know I even didn't do that at all uh, when I was... Um, when I was in the one minute, uh, when I was even reading the one minute manager for the first time, almost 20 years ago now, a little over 20 years ago, I didn't do that. I, I immediately read that and, and said, oh, no, not in today's environment. So they do say to use a reassuring touch. And if it's the kind of person you are and you think you want to try that, go right ahead. I would not recommend it. In summary, make sure they understand what's going to happen. That they will be praised or they will be reprimanded accordingly when the time comes. Because, again, most employees are not going to expect that. They expect managers who just kind of don't tell them anything or give them any news unless they're really in trouble. And so when you are going to praise them, connect it to uh, yeah, connect the dots immediately. Like, you know, as soon as you see the good thing, that's when you tell them, hey, great job. But don't just keep it generic like, great job. You make sure that you tell them specifically what they did right. Tell them how it made you feel, how good it makes you feel that they did that, and make sure that you connect the dots for them on how it helps the rest of the team as well. Give them a moment so they can feel it, so they can bask in that glory, and then encourage them to do more of the same. Now, touching is a thing in the woman and manager. It's not a thing I would recommend, but if you want to, shake hands or reassure them. I would definitely uh, avoid doing that because of all of the aforementioned reasons. And that brings us to the last one-minute secret. As I mentioned, the last one-minute secret, I should uh, probably tell uh, what I think is an amusing story. We're obviously living in a very different landscape from when the original One Minute Manager was written. I first became aware there was a new addition to the One Minute Manager uh, about a year ago. And when I saw that it was a new addition, with, I, uh, my first thought was, I bet the One Minute Reprimand is gone. And so I looked in the table of contents and I looked at the one minute secrets and sure enough, I was right. They have replaced it with what they call the one minute redirect because heaven forbid we use any kind of negative reinforcement with employees. They're China dolls, right? All right. Enough gen, enough old timer, enough old, you know, gen Xer, you know, Showing that he has gray on his beard. I really do have gray on my beard. I used to be embarrassed about it, but I don't care anymore. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to let the gray in my beard show because I'm going to keep one minute reprimands for two reasons. One, I believe in them. I think that you need both positive and negative reinforcement. And I don't mind calling it a reprimand, I don't mind calling it a, a punishment to an employee. Again, you're seeing my right-wing gray-in-the-beard coming out, but I, I'm sorry it's worked for so long. I don't see why we need to change it. 
But there's also another reason why I'm sticking with calling it the one-minute reprimand. That gives you, the listener, an incentive to go buy the book. So I'm not giving you all of the content from the book in a free podcast. So if you do want to buy the book and you do want to see what the new one-minute secret, or the new third one-minute secret looks like, uh, follow that affiliate link and it will support the show. So on to the third, on to the original third step, the one-minute reprimand. Much like the other, or much like the previous two, we want to make sure that we're focused on the behavior, number one. But also, number two, we need to make sure that it happens as quickly as possible on the heels. Now, there's a psychological reason for that. I'm not going to get into it because, again, I want to give you reasons to buy the book. Because the book will tell you why a lot of these tricks work. So, as soon as you become aware, you need to quickly respond by meeting with the employee. Now, the praise should be done immediately on the heels of the good action, and it should be done, ideally, in public in a large group of people. The one-minute reprimand, on the other hand, <laughs> this one needs to be done in private. You cannot do this in front of a group of people. You do not want to be, or you do not want to embarrass the employee in front of everyone. That is the worst thing you could possibly do. Take them in the office, take them in the walk-in cooler, or even just around the corner where you're not going to be overheard or where not a lot of people are going to see this. You want to make sure that you are meeting with them in private on this. You should confirm with them what happened. Which is run over, hey, this is what I heard, or this is what I saw, What you know, what are your thoughts here, is this what happened? Let the employee share his or her feelings about that situation. You know, there may be a reason why they did what they did wrong. And you should listen to them. Now, after all this, remember, however they feel, there's no excuse for missing, you know, like not stocking an area or not, you know, not restocking an area. So-and-so didn't restock it for me. Okay, well, I mean, as I say to my kids, if so-and-so jumped off a cliff, would you do that? So, but still, confirm the facts. So let the employee share his or her feelings about that. Let them get that out. Be a safe space for them in this case. The one-minute reprimand does follow almost the exact same formula. Once you're actually going to do it, it does follow the same formula as a one-minute praising. You let them know what they did wrong and be very specific about it. And remember, 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 we are, we are attacking the behavior, not the person. Okay. Once we've got out what they did wrong, we want to let them know how that made you feel. And again, don't mince the words, you know, really let them have it here. And that's when, oh yeah, and as an addition to that, remember, you should also let them know how that hurt the team as well, not just how you feel about it. So then you want to sit for a few seconds. You want to make them, you know, give them that uncomfortable silence to let them feel this. Just like the one minute praising gives them a moment to bask in the glory. Give them a moment to wallow in the pity or in the self, uh, in the self-loathing here for a moment. So after you've given them some time to let them stew, 
and don't give them a lot, you know, just a couple seconds, that's when you want to move in and give them that old parenting adage, uh, the old uh, parenting uh, tired cliche, you know, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Let them know you're on their side. Let them know you don't want to have to do stuff like this. And then you need to remind them of their value, both to you and to the to the rest of the team. Remember that you want, uh, and again, you also want to reaffirm that this is because of their performance, not because of them. This is solely about performance. Discourage them from repeating the behavior and let them know you think well of them and this is, you know, that you know this isn't their normal type of thing. The biggest takeaway from this is that when it's over, it's over. Don't bring it back up five years later or five minutes later or ten minutes later. You know. It's over and it's done. So a recap. Do it immediately. Be specific about what they did wrong. And make sure it's make sure that you're attacking the behavior, not the person. Tell them how you feel about it, and tell them how it impacted the team. Give them a few seconds to stew over it. Let them wallow, just like you let them bask in the glory of the compliment. Let them wallow in the shame of the reprimand. Then make sure you let them know, uh, make sure you remind them of their value to you and to the rest of the team. And reaffirm that you think well of them, but not of their performance. Always remember it's about the performance, not the person. But if you're interested in the shake hands, or if you're interested in touching because that's just you and that's how you do things and you still want to do it, I'm not going to tell you, you know, absolutely, you know, an absolute no. But where you do it is when you're, you know, where you do it is right, is right after that moment of uncomfortable silence. You know, just give them that shoulder pat or you know, fist bump or whatever, but, you know, that's when you want to remind them how much you value them and reaffirm that you're thinking well of them, but not their performance. And then, as I said, one of the biggest takeaways is when it's over, it's over. Don't bring it back up. All right, well, I'll give a few miscellaneous uh, thoughts that don't really fit into anywhere else, and we'll just kind of go back, I'll just kind of go back over each one uh, just to make sure that we're all on the same page here. Uh, so as far as the one-minute goal setting goes, the goal here, or the overall reason why you're doing this, remember, is to make sure that everyone's on the same page. And I even pitch it to employees that way when I'm giving them their goals, when I'm giving them their assignments for the day, and I get the sarcastic or the eye-rolling, I know what I'm supposed to do. When you get that, that's when you just say, hey, look, I want to make sure that you and I are on the same page. That's the only thing I'm doing here. You know, I try not to tread on people's territories or, you know, try to reaffirm that, I, yeah, I value you. Yes, I value you as a person, as an employee. But you know what? We really do need to be on the same page here. Uh, for the one-minute praisings, again, if you do this, I really think this is going to set you apart as a manager because I remember from my experiences in fast food and yeah, yeah, food, I very rarely got compliments. Like It was like pulling teeth to get compliments out of, out of especially one district manager in particular. I, and no matter what I did, I couldn't seem to get a single compliment out of this woman. Uh, the I sh really feel like there was one time she actually did praise me, and it was a public praise to the whole company. She took an email that I had sent a customer in response to a uh, uh, to a uh, 
a complaint that came through the email and put it out there and uh, to the entire company it was a you know reply to all like a you know she basically forwarded it to the entire company uh, including three levels up atop her and said that this was one of the best most professional customer com uh, customer uh, uh, complaint handles that she had ever seen uh, from anybody and she wanted everybody you know everybody should just you know, do this and do it exactly like this. And I just, that made me feel so wonderful and warm inside to know that, yes, she did care. She did notice, you know, and, and remembering that and remember, you know, think of a, think of a time that you were complimented at work. And I'm sure, again, you work in fast food, so I'm sure it was rare, but think about how great that made you feel. You can make your employees feel that good with a single compliment. Last you have the one-minute reprimands. I sounded like an old fuddy-duddy in the introduction to that. I know I did. I am sorry, but I, you know, kind of am in a lot of ways. You know, my letting the be uh, the gray in my beard really show out in, in my in in my <laughs> uh, in my take on that. But I believe in these one-minute reprimands, and I think they work very well. And as a by way of example, I will tell this story. I love telling the story. Uh, one day. Uh, my oldest daughter, when she was probably three, did something utterly wrong. Now, what it was, I honestly don't remember. But I showed it to her, the the thing that, it was, uh, yeah, that, that she had done wrong, and I'm like, did you do that? And she's like, yes. And I, and I got real stern with her, and I told her, well, that is totally wrong. You are not supposed to do stuff like that. I like that. That is a terrible thing to do. And it makes Daddy very sad that you did that. And uh, and very unhappy. And I know Mommy is not happy either. And I waited a moment. as She just kind of hung her head in, in shame and silence. And then put my arm around her. I let her look up me up and I let her look up and 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 look me in the eye again and I said to her but I know that you're a good girl and I know that you can do better than that and I know that daddy taught you better than that and mommy taught you better than that right and she nodded and I said great give me a hug you know I know you're going to do better next time right and she said, I smiled yes daddy I will and scampered away to continue to play and uh my wife had witnessed this entire thing, and, and she <laughs> she said to me, Wow, that was really amazing. And I said, You want to know the sad part? She goes, What? And I said, This is exactly the same way I handle employees at work when they do something wrong. And she just laughed. <laughs> it works. These techniques work. I have built stores using. I built stores back from the brink of disaster using these types of techniques. This method of management underpins almost everything I do otherwise in management, and if you use them too, I promise they will revolutionize your management as well. Those are the three biggest secrets of management, right there, guys. I just gave them all to you. But I still want you to buy that book because I didn't give you everything from the book. As I've already said a couple of times, 
Link is in the show notes. Use it. It's my affiliate link for Amazon. Buying it through that will help support the show. If you like this content, you want more, please subscribe to the feed. Love to have you on. Go to the website, helpforfastfood.wordpress.com. I don't have a standard domain because I was an idiot when I bought fastfoodmanagement.com. And I'll probably do something else with that. We'll see. Make sure you let other people know about this. Word of mouth helps me. It spreads the word. Send the show to somebody that uh, that you think could benefit from it. And as always, I'll see you on the website. I'm out there in Facebook groups and so forth, active all the time. If you catch me or you see me, feel free to let me know. You can find me on Facebook as well. Again, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope we'll see you again real soon. Take care. Bye.